Heavy Cardboard, Episode 59, December Briefing. Coming to you from the Maya High City, Denver, Colorado, welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, in theory, war games, 18xx, and other related topics in the board gaming hobby. We're your hosts, I'm Edward. And I'm Amanda. So as you all can hear, probably I sound somewhat like I did when I was at Spiel, (laughs) except this time I'm sick, so sorry about that. You all just going to have to deal with it. Hey, it's dulcet tones. Yeah, right? So, Endless Game Day, still going strong. We are, as of today, what do we figure, 46 days into our Endless Game Day. And I got to say... it's surprising to me just how many games we're getting played. Maybe it shouldn't be, but it it really is. Right, we're not playing. Like the, I remember a few years ago we did Advent of Christmas Gaming, and I which think, is a game a day for yeah, all of December. December, right? And I think we played we played Blockus and um, a lot of Star and Realms. a lot of Star Round. No, no, we didn't play. That was before Star Round. Oh, okay. And then, but a lot of um, Jaipur. We played that like a lot. Oh, like most of the days. Yes. Because to try and get away with it. <laughs> but we're not doing that this time. No, it's it's allowing good older games to hit the game table too, which is which is refreshing. It helps it helps this go strong because it's not always needs of the show or it's not always cult of the uh, cult of the new. Yeah. There is some older stuff which we're going to talk about in depth this episode. Yeah, that's right. I've only missed two days in December so far, so. Then, you know, there are days that I have too much to do. I have too much editing or graphic making or so whatever. So basically, she's blaming it on all y'all. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, people. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, so hopefully, I mean, t- two days out of 13 is not bad for December. Yeah, no, there's not that. And I don't want it to feel forced. Like, it no, hasn't, it hasn't felt that way for me. And I'm grateful that we have Matt living with us, um, especially, I mean, Matt and Dana obviously are, but uh, Dana's spending a lot of time writing so a lot of times it's it's me you and matt or matt fills in when you can't so it works out yes it sure does the basement is like 90 percent done maybe even 95 percent after today there's still a few things that need to be done and finished up but i can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel and our possible gigantic christmas present yeah it's He's shooting for Christmas to have it done by, so a week, well, by the time this releases, you're looking at just over a week, so really excited. We'll we'll periscope, take pictures, do all that, and it's it's, it's basically a master suite and a huge gaming area, big media area, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. It's awesome. Yeah, really happy with how it's turning out. HeavyCon 17 is, the, the RSVPs keep keep coming in the second wave of invites is going to go out on january 15th if there are still spots available which i don't know if there will be but if there are there's that so likely if you haven't contacted us for this year or i guess for next year as it were for 2017 then you're probably not going to get in at this point but i would still email us if you want to be on the wait list for next year so something to think about absolutely BGGCon was great, as always, and um, we didn't get to put a podblast out every day like we'd hoped to, 
But we were able to for the most part, most days. Right. Sometimes we were just too tired. Yeah. Honestly. As some of y'all have noticed in one of the one of the pod blasts, I sound almost drunk. I'm so tired. Uh, but we had a really great turnout at the meetup and it had lots of giveaways and just had lots of fun. Yeah, we I, I forget how many giveaways we had I don't and we remember. had we had upwards of 50, 60 people show up at that. Had a really good time, yeah. a lot of gaming going on afterwards. So Kudos. Thanks to everybody that uh, came out. Thanks to all the sponsors that uh, that gave us stuff to give away. And it was awesome to see everybody there. It was yeah, a lot of fun. It, it really was uh, really about the people much mm-hmm. more so than it was about the games for us, or at least for me personally, for the simple fact that none of the games were new to me there because of the fact that I'd been to Essen. Right. So I, that part of it was removed from for me. And somewhat for you, yeah, I would imagine. because you brought home a bunch of stuff and talked about a bunch of stuff. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we have that at home already. Right. Whatever. So, but seeing the people hanging out That's and just... That's what BGG Con is. It really is. It was good time. Yep. So the Ask the Elephant about, well, whatever, is up over in the guild. Guild number 2044. Go ask questions if you have them. I think we're... Two pages in, got a bunch of questions. We're going to start answering them next episode. It's just going to kind of be a, you know, every now and then type thing to try and stay ahead of it. But that's going to be the the main source. If you want to ask us a question, either email us or go that route. Yep. Some pretty cool questions so far. Yeah. Some off the wall stuff too, which honestly I appreciate. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk Weight Watchers for a minute. I am a pound away from my goal. I've been there for like, it feels like two two and a half months yeah i keep getting real close and then a little further away they're yep. real close real <laughs> far away but the fact that i'm with uh, a pound away and i made it through thanksgiving without gaining any weight i was really proud of myself and not having a problem maintaining which is basically what i'm trying to do because so i'm i'm down from 254 down to 211 and my ultimate goal was 210 i feel good outside of being sick uh, just real happy with the way it's going for me. Little maybe less so for yes, you. Yes, a little bit different for me. Speaking of Thanksgiving, um, had a come to Jesus talk with Edward on Thanksgiving, and I have just been extremely slacking off. I've been very lazy, just not paying close enough attention to what I'm eating and what I'm doing. Um, and I basically came during that conversation with Edward. I came to the conclusion that I just wasn't caring enough about what I was like shoving in my face and just for the record it wasn't me dictating to amanda it was just us talking hey what's going on yeah because i've been i've been hovering around 185 for months i haven't gone i've gone a little bit lower and then a little bit higher but i've hovered around that same amount for months now and it's so hard to do over the holidays with all the cookies and all the baking and all the stuff but I'm really trying my hardest and trying my best. And I mean, that's really all I can, that's all I can do. And, you know, I make decisions every day. I may make a decision to have a cookie when I probably shouldn't, but I'm actually making the decision to do it. I'm not just blindly shoving things in my face. Which is really all you can ask. I mean, so it it just goes to show this isn't all puppy dogs and ice cream. I mean, this is, this is tough. It's, it's been tougher for you than it has been for me because Honestly, I got to this point because of how angry <laughs> I was uh, before your Christmas party last year. And I just, 
I got to the point to where I was just, I was sick and tired and disgusted and just angry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, never again. And so there's been that, that resolve for me that has been there throughout for mm-hmm. the last 11 months now. And I will not see 12 months before I before I hit my goal. I, I, I'm absolutely determined for that. I realize it's only a point, but that point has been kicking my ass. Yeah, it's been, it, it's, it's been kicking your ass like 185 has been kicking mine. Right. So. <laughs> this is David Cummings from the No Sleep Podcast. We tell horror stories that keep you up at night so you can play more heavy board games. You're listening to Heavy Cardboard. Do we have any new iTunes reviews? Yeah, we've had a number of them, so we wanted to say thanks to all those that left them. Mike Fogus, Longstreet25, Mark and Ninny, and Cleric42, thanks for taking the time to leave the reviews. We always say that we appreciate these and that they help the show. That's really not lip service. We really do read them all, and they certainly help raise the visibility of the show. So a genuine thank you to all the folks just mentioned, as well as everyone else who's left a review worldwide. Big thank you. And if you haven't, well, please, we'd please? appreciate it. We also want to highlight our latest Patreon supporters. Ian O'Toole, thanks a lot. Clay Condit, Alessandro Mangeli, Stephen Steck, Adam Brocker, Craig Boyd, Ben Roberts, and Dirk Jurz. Thanks a lot, y'all. Really appreciate it. And you're helping us be able to make the show better. So thank you. Yes. Now that the basement is nearing completion, our attention turns towards furnishing our new gaming space. Now, I know that not everybody has a dedicated gaming space in their home, but you can make one easily enough just by simply adding one of the high-quality gaming tables from BoardGameTables.com. Not only will it look amazing in your home, but it instantly transforms an ordinary place where you happen to play games to an extraordinary gaming space. So go check them out over at BoardGameTables.com, and please mention Heavy Cardboard when you do. We've gotten quite a few contest entries already. Yeah, we're up over 25 so far. Pretty excited about that. Paris Connection and Transcontinental Railways, designed by Tony Fryer. Yes. Uh, So we're giving that away. Go to HeavyCardboard.com forward slash PC contest to enter. All you have to do is answer two questions. Which heavy cardboard's your favorite episode, and why is it your favorite? A more involved answer, or a more deliberate answer, yeah. as opposed to one or two words. And that's going to help you out a little bit. We're going to announce the winner in the final episode of the year on December 29th. And we'll pay domestic shipping, but if it's international, we'll probably ask for a little help on that. Yeah. Other than that, go, enter, answer, and good luck. been a long time since we did an acquired segment yeah too long actually because the change in format and everything this is uh probably gonna be a once monthly type show right here so it gives us more time to acquire more stuff and to be able to talk about the stuff we acquire and what we've been playing a little bit more so i realized that we've we haven't really talked about even the second half of the stuff that came from essen so 
Thanks, Jeroen, again. He was gracious enough to send everything from Essen that I couldn't bring home myself. And holy crap, was that expensive. We have better plans, though, for all that next year. Unfortunately, three games disappeared prior to making their way over here, so I'm going to have to reacquire them. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. So some of these might be duplicates, but again, it's been a while, so bear with me. Here we go. 1822, the Railways of Great Britain ended up selling Black Box Glory to Rome to be able to uh, to justify that to myself. And that was an excellent, excellent acquisition. 1822 has been fantastic for an 18xx game. The Legend of Sabo and Priot Theory. These are a couple of games that I, when I went to Essen, that I was you know, on my, hmm, look into that further. And they looked interesting enough that those were my two impulse buys. Of the entire trip, those were my two. So we'll see how that goes. We haven't gotten around to them yet. Robo Race, Lorenzo Il Magnifico, which I'll let the cat out of the bag, has been a huge disappointment. We'll review it later so you'll get to hear more on that. Indonesia 2.0. Man, people are making a mountain out of a molehill about the wooden bits on that. Holy yep. cow. Far East War 1592 and that sick dice tower, the dragon dice Absolutely. tower. Absolutely. That thing is awesome. Dayuni or Dayun de Gross Kaiser Canal. It actually was on my to checkout list for Essen, and the designer sold me on taking a review copy. So it's something that we're going to check into here probably in January, February timeframe. Capital, cool little tile laying game. Solafide, the Reformation, which some a lot of people are saying is a reskin or reimagining of Campaign Manager 2008. Barcelona, the Rose of Fire. The Arrival, which is another reimagining, re-implementation of Martin Wallace's Mordred. Simurg and the expansion, Call of the Dragon Lord. Fog of War, the handmade wooden abstract game with the wooden tanks. Concordia expansion, Gallia and Corsica and the eight forum cards that also came with the Navigador privilege cards. The Lord of the Pigs. Docmas, which is seeing a lot of table time, really cool little brain twisty 45 minute, I guess filler, but maybe a little bit step up from filler, but really, really enjoyable. High Treason, the trial of Louis Rial. Apparently, this is taught in schools in Canada, and I was ignorant yeah, about I have this. No idea. But the fact that there is a game made by Alexander Barry who you play as lawyers on the prosecution and defendant side. That's just that's just a fascinating concept and to me. Yes. And I'm hoping to get this played in the next week. We haven't yet, but soon, I promise. So excited about that game. An infamous traffic from Cole Worley. I would say of the games that we've played so far from 2016, the most unique and innovative game that I've played the entire year in something I'm chomping at the bit to play more of. More on that in a bit. Ave Roma and all 7,400 expansions <laughs> that come with that. I picked up a surprise at BGG Con for Amanda. It was a, a pretty killer Dominion collection that had a few sets in it and a, a really cool sorting 
uh, configuration and the case. It's in a DeWalt like tool case. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I'm gonna have to take a video to show people because it just doesn't. Us describing it doesn't do it justice. Yeah, it's uh, that was way better than I thought for thirty bucks. I was yes. excited about that. Twelve days of Christmas you picked up. Sure did. <laughs> because Christmas. Because duh. A couple of copies of Trick of the Rails, including one to give away. So thanks to Justin over at uh, Terra Nova Games. Just before we recorded this, our copy of Tramways from Album Viard arrived. Haven't even busted it open yet. Mm. So I haven't even gotten a chance to look at it, but excited it's here. Yay, Yay! finally. He actually sent us one of a, a handmade prototype for it for HeavyCon back in May. And it got lost in the mail. It hasn't been returned to him. It never showed up here, which is a huge bummer. So needless to say, we have legitimately been anticipating this for seven months. Yes. <laughs> so looking forward to that. And speaking of prototypes, the guys over at Eagle Griffin were kind enough to send us the Lisboa prototype. And if all if everything goes well, we're going to have a quick first look pod blast before this is aired to help folks kind of get off the fence one way or the other on the Kickstarter because that ends uh, the same day we release the episode on Thursday. So I think that's it. I think that's it. I may have missed one or two, but you know what? Nah, yeah. it's good enough. We're going to, we've kind of been holding off on, well, okay, let me tell the truth. Edward has been waiting on um, the basement to be done and for us to be moving games down there before he really updates our own to get our own list. I don't do that, um, but... He is, he's very diligent usually about that, but with the basement and with everything just kind of being in piles on the floor, we're just waiting until everything's moved down there to make sure that everything is logged, everything is listed as owned, things like that. Because I may not like that. Yep. Even after all of that, that huge list that you just gave, there's still stuff that you are hunting and anticipating, yes? Well, there are three games that mysteriously disappeared that were review copies, which yeah. really, really pisses me off, to be honest. Now, I'm not saying that this is on your own or anything like that. They just disappeared. I have no idea where they went, but needless to say, I'm going to have to pick these up on our own dime, which is the right thing to do since technically I lost them. So that's on me, boo on me. So the three that I need to pick up are Oilfield from Paco Yanas and Abba Games, Phalanx, and Order of the Gilded Compass, both designed by Bern Eisenstein, the same cat who did uh, Panthelos that we really, really enjoyed. And yes, he's done a ton of other games, I get that, but that's why I was really excited about both those games, and somehow they both disappeared, so grr. And then the one thing that I'm anticipating, at this point, I would say... I'm anticipating as much as any other game I've anticipated in the entire year 2016, even though it's not coming until January. And that's The Colonists mm -hmm. from Lookout and Mayfair. We played, well, we'll talk about that more here in a little bit. We want to thank Carmen and Elaine, the great people behind Game Surplus, for their continued sponsorship of the show. Great people and reputation and an amazing inventory of games, including many imports and hard-to-find games. Their tagline is home of great games at great prices, so check them out over at gamesurplus.com and tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you. All right, so speaking of been playing, this is a long list, but 
Not going to talk about every single game that we've been playing because, let's face it, you guys aren't going to want monthly updates on all this, I don't think. If you do, tell us. Let us know. We'll change that up. Yep. But that said, a lot of the highlights, right? Yeah. Go for it. All right. Uh, Princess of the Renaissance. Which we recently just reviewed. Enough said there. Go listen to the review. Pax Renaissance. There is so much going on in this game, just like the rest of the PAX games. And I was so confused for the majority of the game. (laughs) But I very much want to continue to play it and try to figure it out. Yeah, it's one of those games, at least for me, like light bulbs didn't really start going off until the very end of the first game, which I ended up winning, but it wasn't through, you know, skilled play. It's an Eklund game, so it's going to require multiple plays to, to grok For the rules to get out of the way. It's going to take multiple plays. And I ended up having to teach you the second game that I'd played. And that was a bit of a rough, rough run through. But it's, you can see that it's, it's a special kind of game. I'm really, really looking forward to playing that thing more. A lot. Me too. Great Western Trail. As we mentioned in our Essen review, we messed up a couple of the rules when we first were playing it. Um, so after that, we fig- after we figured that out, you know, we've enjoyed it even more than before. Yeah, that's going to be in an upcoming review, so I'm not going to go too much on no. it. But yeah, it's it's been seeing a lot of table time, both pre-BGGCon, at BGGCon, and a little bit more since BGGCon. Yep. Plus Ultra, the court of the Emperor Charles V. That's got to get the award for the longest name of the year. Correct. It's a very interesting game. There are multiple characters to choose from in a four-player game, but each player chooses uh, two characters by a draft. One character the first time around, the second the second time around, and then the last one is left kind of as a group one, maybe. I think that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. It's for every, uh, whoever drafts the queen gets to use yes. that, etc. Yeah. I enjoy that mechanic, and I also enjoyed the game. Um, the art's beautiful. It's about a time in Spanish history I was unfamiliar with. Okay, let, let's face it. I know nothing about Spanish history, but it was really good. <laughs> the uh, the mechanics are cool. The theme was was pretty good. The The issue that I'm, I'm running into with this game is I liked it. I don't know if I really liked it or I eh, liked it. Right. And the reason is... The iconography in this game isn't super, super clear, and therefore you keep reverting back looking at the cards, looking at the player aid that you had to print out. Look at the cards, look at the player aid. And yes, if you play the game often enough to where it's going to become second nature, and so that'll get out of the way, but for the first play and second play, I still had to do that, so um, I'm a little hesitant to, to, to say good or bad so far, mm-hmm. but the actual game itself yeah, we enjoyed. Absolutely. So yeah, there's yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Jiraku. Which is from a couple years ago at Essen, which I just picked up because I thought the artwork was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And hey, who knew? Trick taking meets area control yeah, could be so really good. Cool. It's uh, quite hard to get a hold of, as Edward mentioned, but there are rumors of a reprint next year. So keep an eye out for that. Kepler 3042. Um, it's still fun. It hasn't hit the table a ton with all the other space games that we've been playing, but it's still good, and it may be a f- feature in the future. Yeah. So space, uh, Mars, you know, we just did Solarius Mission last episode. So there's a number of space games. Now, they, I, I think I liked Solarius Mission more than this. 
But that's not to say that I didn't enjoy this game quite a bit. So, yeah, I, I plan on, on touching on this game more in depth later on. Right. North American Railways. That's another good meaty filler that continues to hit the table after Essen. The most winsome-like winsome yep. game that isn't a winsome yeah. game. And I, I've actually been reading online that a lot of people have found it just really boring hmm. and just not a lot of decisions in it. And I found that quite the opposite. I, yeah. So it's while we'll never feature it, I definitely think we're going to go into a more... Think of it as an extended trailer in an upcoming episode. Mm-hmm. I think we'll bust out. But yeah, I would definitely disagree with those that say it's just kind of meh, nah, disagree totally. Yeah, I 100% disagree with that. The Climbers, Dominion, with my new beautiful set. Terraforming Mars, we've got a review coming up. Yep, review. Um, I mean, at this point, I'm sure people have heard a lot about that. Yeah. Uh, they haven't heard our take on it. We've enjoyed it and looking forward to reviewing that soon. Forged in Steel, still fantastic. Yeah, definitely. In fact, um, I have it on good authority that Game Surplus is going to be getting copies of that. So keep an eye out for that in an upcoming weeks. Just... Uh, I'm calling it the surprise hit of the year mm-hmm. for for us. Yes, it there's a lot of chaos in the game, but it's round to round. It's not within the rounds, I don't feel like. It's a card-driven game about building up the city of Pueblo during the late 19th, early 20th century. Obviously, it's somewhat local to us, so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But the game itself is just a lot of decisions, a lot of take that. But really, really enjoyable game. Surprise, surprise, medium weight game mm-hmm. of the year for us. Yep. Lanterns, Container, Royal Goods, which is another nice little filler to play when we want to play a game, but nothing crazy. I don't have anything negative to say about the game, just that there are other games that fill that same niche of that kind of thinky filler that I would rather play. Oh, okay. It's not that there's anything wrong with the game. It's fine. It's it's if you want to play it, we'll play right. it. But it's not something that I'm gonna be like, oh hey, let's play yeah. Royal Goods. And I and I would. I very much enjoy Royal Goods. Trick of the Rails. That's another great little thinky filler. I'm really really grateful to Terra Nova Games for reprinting that because that is a fantastic little 18xx themed yeah. trick taking game. That there's a lot more than meets the eye when you first look at it. Some people just call it total chaos. I disagree. Yeah. If you're if you enjoy trick taking games and you enjoy excelling at trick taking games, you can still do that in this game. Just obviously, I love the theme. Uh, just a lot of fun. Really enjoyable. Yeah. Vinos Deluxe. Um, we played the 2016 family version, and I really I'm good. I w- I would much rather play the old Vinos. We would, yes, but I'm very glad that it exists yes. because there are people that the original version would be too much for them. And this to, is perfect. Right. To kind of break them in. And maybe maybe that's where some people stop. But you know what? At least it's getting them in the door mm-hmm. towards heavy games. And I think that's fantastic. So kudos to Vital and Eagle Griffin yeah. for doing that. Solarius Mission. We just reviewed that one last week. Yep. And... uh you guys can go back and listen to my rant on rule books. <laughs> Barcelona, the Rose of Fire. We played this at BGG Con with 
Jim from Punching Cardboard, as well as Holly. Hello, Holly. She ran away with the game because there is a very bad runaway leader problem. I. It seems that way. So we didn't see it in the first game. The second game was really bad. Yeah. Haven't played it since. So want to play it. I legitimately want to play it two more times yes. before I say yay or nay on it. And it's one that we very well might be reviewing in January. So keep an ear out for that. But I'm not really willing to go strongly one way yeah, or the other. I'm not willing to write it off one way or the other. Um, Jim and I did talk about it a little bit, and we kind of agreed that it just seemed like it didn't get enough play testing. Um, that's basically the conclusion that we came up with, but that is my only play of it, and I definitely want to play it some more. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that that's fair. I wonder if that's the case of, like in Sola Fide, a lot of people are poo-pooing the game because they're saying, ah, it's boring, there's not a lot to it, this and that. And then they say, oh, we only played it with the basic deck. No. Well, it's the same thing that you're saying, though. But and here's my point is, if you're going to play the game, play the game more than once. Yeah. Explore what else is in the game. Because in Sola Fide, which I enjoyed the basic deck. Yeah, it was basic. And, you know, it's a cool little tug of war. But the advanced game allows you to use a whole lot more cards that aren't even in the basic game. And you draft your own decks. Mm -hmm. So you make your own stuff. So how are you going to judge the game based on a partial part Exactly. Of and, it? and that's not at all what I'm saying. So I'm saying that I am not shutting down wanting to play it. I clearly said that I want to play it more. I understand. But when you're, when you and uh, whoever you are, not saying you, Amanda, the royal you, you. Jen, yeah, the royal you, Whenever you say, oh, this is broken, you didn't use that term, I understand, or it needs more playtesting. When you do something like that after a single play, nah, that ain't right. I think it could be we played something wrong. It could be that groupthink. It could have been that maybe just everybody, nobody you know, went a certain direction right. that's possible. Or it could be that it needed more playtesting. The game's not good. I don't know. But I will never be willing to say that after a single play of a game. I'm just saying that's me. And that's you. And we can totally agree to disagree on that. And that's fine. But anyway, I just, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'll never play it again. Because I do want to play it again. Because like you said, maybe we played something wrong. Maybe a rule was misinterpreted or... You know, there's many ways, there's many reasons why we could not like a game. And I don't want to base that on just one play. Docmas, we talked about this a little bit earlier. It is a crazy game. It is very mind twisty and it's, it makes your brain work in ways that it just doesn't normally. I mean, <laughs> the way that you have to think about stuff, you have to think about, okay, I want to make sure that I get on all of the tiles. So I need to take this specific power so that I can twist the tile around or I need to make sure to block off Edward from being able to get into that temple so I need to move this this tile over to the other side yeah I'm not real good with spatial stuff but I really really enjoy this game even though I'm I'm mediocre at best at it so far but it's finding it's seeing a lot of table time and it's always cool to be able to watch people figure out moves and come up with moves that like, oh, I didn't even see. Yeah, yeah, if you turn that tile or if you move this tile there and then it sets you up for this move next turn and stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm continually 
seeing new th- things and new ways to think about the game. And I think it's it's really, really clever. And it's a really well done, I don't know, 40, 45 minute little thinky game. Yep. The Colonists. Um, as Edward mentioned earlier, we only played a demo of this. We only played it for an hour. But I absolutely cannot wait for this game. Yeah, everybody, I, I listened to Travis and Donnie and, and those guys over at Low Player Count and their trials and tribulations in trying to get a <laughs> demo of the colonists at BGG Con and how just enamored they were with it. And instead of waiting for it, they ordered a copy from overseas and they got it and they've been rubbing it in everybody's faces like, oh, look at what we're playing tonight. <laughs> just there's nothing super new. It didn't feel like. But the thing I like about the colonists, or at least the theory, because, again, we only played the first Arrow, and that was an hour. Yeah, and we, <coughs> and we didn't even finish the first Arrow either. Right. But we saw enough of the game that just, I love the idea that the game tells its own story and the evolution that's going to play out over four eras. You don't want to play four eras? Fine. Play eras two and three. Or play eras one, two, and three. Or do it however you want. Some people say it plays too long for what it is. Skip era one. Mm-hmm. I'm of the mind that you're setting up your entire plays, your entire big strategy for the game, your overarching strategy in that first era. So that really, really appeals to me. And it's it's kind of a worker placement resource. I mean, it's it, it's kind of... Uve ish yeah. Rosenberg ish, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But it just I don't know, it even though like Amanda said, we only played a partial demo, everybody who played it with us was just stupid smitten over mm-hmm. this game and cannot wait to get it. It's supposed to hit retail January twenty fifth, or I'm sorry, January twelfth. And this was pretty interesting. Talking to one of the guys over there at the Mayfair booth. Come to find out that Tim Pools, uh, who's the designer, when he presented the game to him, there were eight eras. So this game, the four eras that are there as is, it's going to take you about an hour an era. So you're looking at a four-hour game. Well, they have these eras five through eight in their back pocket if they choose to publish them down the road. And they might do it as... Five and six as one expansion, seven, eight as another expansion. To be determined on that, they want to see how it sells. But as much clamoring as I've heard mm-hmm. about the game, even though there just aren't a lot of copies out there, we don't have one yet. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm super, super excited about this game. Cannot wait. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Democker, another old great standby, was I think episode five. Of you and Tony? Something like that. Just, it was nice to actually get it back to the table. Uh, only at BGG Con or something like Heavy Con can you have a pickup game yeah. of Demacher. And it was us, it was Brian from the board game group, German Mike. And Chad Deshaun of BoardGameTables.com. Yeah. So that was, that was just a lot of fun. And man, I was running away with the game through the first five elections. The problem, there are seven elections, (laughs) and I was nowhere near in contention at that point, but it was such a great time. Yeah, and again, at BGGCon, it's the only place that you can not only have a pickup Demacher game, 
but five people sit down and not need a rules explanation either. Yeah, all we had to do was agree on what what little, you know, rule sets and, hey, how do you play this? Okay, yep. yeah, that's cool with you. All right, let's go. Mm-hmm. And we had it done, I want to say, in three hours and 45 and minutes. I can't remember. Which it wasn't was, very long. It was amazing. Just such a good game. If you've not played Demacher, find somebody who has a copy and play it. It says it plays something like... Three to five. No, no. it's a five-player yes. game only, but man, is it good. And if you need motivation, go back and listen to our review. Uh, Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Again, only one play. <sighs> it's extremely similar to Grand Austria Hotel. I would, at this point, rather play Grand Austria Hotel. But, um, you know, I mean, I've only played it once. I don't know that I would agree that it's like Grand Austria Hotel. I would say it's the same weight. Is Grand Austria Hotel, Castles of Burgundy, that type weight of game. But it's just boring as all get out. It's just, there's just nothing new here. And what there is there was just, it felt uninspired to me. And boring, in my opinion, is the worst thing you can call a game. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people out there that absolutely love the game. Good on them. Not every game is for everybody. Lorenzo Il Magnifico is not for us. Paris Connection. It's the fancy SNCF and the subject of our current giveaway. And, you know, as a reminder, go to heavycardboard.com slash PC contest to enter. We played that the night before Thanksgiving. Yeah. For such a simple game, there's a lot of depth there mm-hmm. in that game. And just a one that will always be in our collection and always you know, hit the table. So this kind of goes back to uh, what we were talking about, Royal Goods. I would choose Paris Connection 100 out of 100 times Mm, to play instead of Royal Goods. Again, not anything wrong with it, but just different strokes for different folks type thing. Uh, Then on Thanksgiving, we played Grand Austria Hotel. Really enjoy that game. I'm terrible at it, but I really enjoy it. It's got dice drafting, so that seems to be... It scratches an itch for me that I really, really enjoy. And I love games that have cards that are rule breakers. So, you know, I always love me a recipe fulfillment game, too, so I'm happy. The Downfall of Pompeii, there was much fun and much screaming. Yeah, always have to yell as you sacrifice people into the volcano. Some people do it a little more than others. Sweater Mike will give a very good scream. Yeah, he's he's excellent. He yes. he's a role playing game or role play RPGer at heart. Yep. So yeah, that that's and always fun. Matt will go <laughs> and throw it in there. Then uh, we played Saturn. That's an, uh, always a fun, great game, and always causes a stir whenever we post a picture on Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a looker. I'm, I'm grateful we have it, yep. but I, I, I wish it would get reprinted, but I can't see that mm-hmm. ever happening. Uh, Biblios. We hadn't pl- played this one in a while. Another dice-ish game that uses dice and cards. I like the pressure luck factor yeah. of, okay, uh, do I draw another card and, and not keep this one? Yeah. Or do it, you know, that type thing. And another game that I'm terrible at, but enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Another that I would choose over Royal Goods. Moving on. Atten. One of my favorite fillers. Just in yeah. fact, we just played it tonight, mm-hmm. right before we recorded for uh, for the endless game day. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we reviewed this we as a trailer. A trailer. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you and I Tony did it at some point. I'll link it um, in the comments. Real good, real good game, and cheap to get, and awesome little two player little abstract. Bios Genesis. I think my brain is still recovering from this game. 
So you um, played that during a, a game day, and I was playing something else when y'all went to go play this. Yes, and, and unfortunately, my brain was so much mush that I couldn't play an infamous traffic afterwards, which bums me out, but that's okay. We'll get played. Um, it's definitely one of the hardest games I've ever played, Bios Genesis. There's so many rules. I mean, it's Eklund, so of course there's a ton of rules, but there's so many things to remember, but I mean, I loved it. I cannot wait to play more of it, and I've actually floated the idea of a full Eklund game day sometime, which Mark, is Mr. KVM, is very excited about. I love the idea of it. I'm anxious to play it. I'm intimidated like hell to to try and learn this on my own so hoping that uh mark or mm-hmm. someone else that can teach the game will teach this to me it's not one i want to try and learn from the rule no, book. mark knows it like the back of his hand he's played it quite a few times solo so he's a great resource to learn that game uh we played a feast for odin i mean we'll review it in an upcoming episode so i'm not really gonna go too much into it i'll, I'll mention that like lorenzo il magnifico there's a game out there for everybody, this one is not going to be for us. Lotus, it's an absolutely beautiful card game. The art's gorgeous. There's a simple rule set, but it's a lot of fun. And Well, for you, for me, it's it's kind of area control, trick-taking There's a lot kind of stuff. Of yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's just beautiful. I, I wonder what the right player count number is on this. Now, only one play, so this was just me thinking when, when we were playing it. But some of the flowers only have three and four petals. So as players play them, when you complete them, you're going to get victory points on whoever completes that. Plus, there's an area uh, majority thing going on there. But in like a four or five player game, I wonder how the three and four flower flowers work as far as if it's a five player game and I lay down the first three, there's no way that thing's nope. getting back to me. So all I'm doing is either helping somebody else or playing enough stuff on it to try and dissuade people from playing the other pedals. So I think there's I think there's enough going on there to definitely warrant looking into more in, in subsequent plays. And like you said, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm I'm excited to try it at different play yeah, counts. Yeah, we only we played it at three. I would definitely like to play it at the highest play count possible just to see how that works. So Sola Fide, I kind of hit on a little bit there. It's a... I don't even know how to describe it. It's 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 a tug of war game. I think is a, a good way to describe it. It's the same designers as 1960 making of the president, and because of the I think it's the 500 year anniversary of Martin Luther, uh, they made a Reformation game or theme game on the bones of Campaign Manager 2008. Uh, one play, but so far. I enjoyed it, and I think I'm going to enjoy it a lot more once we get to drafting the decks. I got to play Flow of History once so far, and it's a Civ game in a sense that innovation is a Civ game, which means it's it's really not, but it also is kind of innovation-esque, but with a little bit of the randomness there and a little bit of the chaos, but I want to play it more. I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it, but I didn't not enjoy it if that makes sense so one that i'm looking forward to investigating more got to try adrenaline from czech games got to do that the night we arrived at bgg con it ended up being me matt marty from rolling dice taking names uh rodney smith from watch it played for it being a simulation of a first person shooter is a euro game that's an area control 
it actually did a really good job for what it was. It was fun. It's not a game that I'm going to go out and buy, but using area majority as far as who did the most damage on a player, I think that was really, really innovative and really clever and really well done. So that was, it was fun. If, if you enjoy first person shooters and you enjoy Euros, definitely worth investigating. It's really a crazy premise. Yeah, it really is, but it works. It really works well. So kudos, kudos to them. The Arrival. This one's an odd duck. So I, I've never played Mordred, so I, ha I don't have anything to compare it to. But the premise of it is there's three decks of cards and the backs of the cards are different. And they show you that if you choose these cards, this is what's likely some form or fashion on the other side. I'm sorry. There's, yeah, three decks and you're, you're going to draw four cards from these. But you never look at them when you draw them. Instead, you have these two little blocker tokens. And on the front side of each of these cards, there's three rows. An easy, a middle, and a hard type thing. To where when you flip one over, you have to then choose top, middle, or bottom row to block off. And it's going to be that entire row for all four cards is now blocked off from you. And whichever one is left that isn't blocked off, that's the row that you selected even though it was with only partial information. And then from there, it's kind of a tower defense game to where you're fighting off these monsters and all of that. And then there's you're placing monsters to uh, go against the other players and to impede them in doing stuff like that. And there's two different ways for the game to end. It depends whether or not the players own more spaces on the board uh, just as a group or if, if the monsters have more spaces and whichever track, victory point, or I forget the name of it, but it's like infamy or something like that. Whichever the two tracks, it, each one corresponds to the different way that the game can end. And it was... It was different. Was it good? I don't know, but there's enough there that I want to try it again to find out if there's too much randomness there. Some of the older games that we've recently been able to play, Madeira, hey, that was novel to get that back to the <laughs> table. That was really cool. Got to teach that to uh, a couple of folks, so really enjoyed that. Rococo, we got to the table yesterday. We recently ordered the Jewelry Box expansion, which I'm looking forward to getting that. Yes. And hopefully that brings that out more to the table. Oddville. So here's a game that I'd completely written off. When I was at Essen, and I was there at the What's Your Game booth for a few hours each day, got to talking to Mariano Ianelli, who's the uh, developer, artist, and half of the What's Your Game crew, him and Veronica. He and I got to talking about what's your favorite What's Your Game group uh, game. Obviously, for me, it's Madeira. And for him, he said it's Oddville. And I was like, really? And he ended up just giving me the very last copy of Oddville, which was the very last game that they had at Essen. They, they literally had no games left after that. So I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, we'll get to it. Whatever. Opened it up the other night and... Not only does it have beautiful artwork, mm -hmm. it's really a little fun little like I I it's a tile lane but with cards yeah. game, but to where almost like the arrival, uh, these multi-use cards you can select to use it for 
like a few different things. You can do it to take resources. You can do it to buy cards. You can do it to get money to be able to buy cards and that whole deal. Really enjoyable yeah. game. Yet another game that I would put ahead of Royal Goods that that fills that same kind of time frame. Okay. Um, plus the artwork was oh, amazing. So beautiful. Age of Steam. We got back out to the table. I for, uh, I want to say it was the England or Ireland map that we got to play. So it's always good to get Age of Steam. Always, always a good time to get Age of Steam to the table. Any any time is a good time. Right. You mentioned container. So a couple more. An infamous traffic I mentioned earlier is the most unique game that I have played in 2016. First off, the theme. I know, usually we're theme shmeem, but you're trafficking opium into or out of China in what is it, the 18th, 19th century? Come on, dude. How many games are are, are gonna touch on opium trafficking? Right, that's bizarre. Yeah, it's fantastic, I think. I love me some unique yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So we got a copy of this from Cole at BGGCon, and Mark taught it to us, and it's fantastic. A lot of a lot of opaqueness to this game. So a lot of stuff that, okay. But why am I doing it? I know what I can do, but why am I doing it? And as the game goes on, you start realizing, oh, little light bulbs. It's very Eklund-ish in that respect. You know, some of the PAX games to where nothing's real terribly obvious at first. And then you're like, oh, I see that. Uh, Oh, and there's a whole lot of partnerships. Temporary. So you got that emergent uh partnerships in that are short-lived that you kind of get in Noya Heimat and other games really really clever really excited to play that some more yeah I am too since I missed out on the first time and last but not least we played a prototype at BGG con called pipeline from Ryan Courtney so this dude really likes heavy games like mm-hmm. this game, made Arkwright seem, oh, that's fine. That's yeah. cute. That's yeah. quaint. So the premise of it is you're producing and transporting oil through these pipelines. Start out government-owned and eventually privatize these pipelines. There are a few different colors to represent different types of oil, and then there are different levels that you can refine these uh these all these different colors quote-unquote colors of oil in the game it was me you clay from capstone and tommy from meeple realty and all of us were like dude this is badass all of us were really really enjoying this game so it's a prototype it doesn't have a publisher that i've heard of yet so if you're listening to this Somebody needs to pick this game up. Clay, if you're listening, which you, I know you are, <laughs> hopefully you do. And if not, somebody else needs to. Because yeah. there, that was a really, really badass little prototype. Though, And I say little, but that was a big game. Yes, very, very large game. and Big game space. Yeah. A lot of brain burning going on, too. A lot of fun. So definitely looking forward to uh, seeing that again at HeavyCon, because I know he's coming. And hopefully uh, it has a publisher by then. So yeah, yeah, really, really excited about that. For all those folks who don't know how to get in contact with us, Amanda. Our website is heavycardboard.com. 
Our email address is contact at heavycardboard.com. We love hearing from you guys, so please don't be shy. Our Twitter handle is at heavycardboard. Our Facebook page is Heavy Cardboard. Our YouTube channel is Heavy Cardboard Vids, V-I-D-S. Our Instagram is Heavy Cardboard. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash heavy cardboard. And our BGG guild number is 2044. So that's it. I think that's it. Right. What about uh, looking forward to playing? How about you? Well, I've, be- I've already talked about most of them, like just more Eklund games and infamous traffic. But I also really want to play Martians, Story of Civilization. I mean, we played the all the other space games, so why not complete, you know, the set? The the only the only hesitation I have about that is I hear the rule book's not so hot. I, I'm noticing the theme a lot this year that that makes me really reticent to I'm not super excited right. to go grab that and bust it out <laughs> after fighting through so many rule books. That said I picked it up because I was curious about it. I'm interested in it, so I agree, but I'm not chomping at the bit about it. All right. It. What about you? Well, the colonists, but we got to wait till next month. That's why I didn't even mention it, because I'm too sad about it. I don't want to even t- want to hear about it. The jewelry box expansion for Rococo, mm-hmm. which should be here later this week, I'm hoping. Um, how about some damn war games? Seriously, we say war games. People are people are hounding us about war games, and and rightfully so. Even Travis, he tweeted out, wow, Infamous Traffic, that's the closest thing I've seen you play to a war game since May. And I'm like, wow, really? Really, it's been that long? So shame on me. I resolve to play at least one, if not two, before the end of the year. So there's that. All right. right? Count me in. More Infamous Traffic. I'm excited to get Ave Roma to the table. And last but not least, more 1822. Yes. That's it. That's all I got. Yep. Me too. So we'll catch you all uh, next week with the next game. We'll leave it as a cliffhanger. Yes. <laughs> so don't forget to enter the contest. Leave us reviews on iTunes. And go support Game Surplus and BoardGameTables.com, y'all. And so tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you. We really, really appreciate it. And thanks for all the support. Yep. Thanks, everybody. If you have any questions or comments, let us know. Talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.